Net neutrality is coming back, but not really, or at least not uh, not like officially, officially. But it's it's looking good, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who've uh, listened to the podcast for almost from the beginning, one of the hot topics that Quentin and I talked about was net neutrality. The uh, the the, um, the the goal to keep it to keep it around. And, uh, well, we lost it, but apparently, uh, a, uh, recent vote in the Senate wants to bring back net neutrality. The U S Senate voted 52 to 47, even, I mean, that, that obviously means it brought, brought over a couple of, uh, Republicans onto the side of bringing back net neutrality. Now it still has to go through the house and most likely it's going to get voted out there, but just the sheer fact that at least in the Senate, that, uh, you know, all the outreach that the general public has been making and everything else and whatever other backroom deals have been been uh, in process to make this move forward. We got to keep going, guys, <laughs> or else we're going to be a uh, we're going to be a state, you know, just just like China, where they firewall everything or you have to pay for stuff just to go to the site. So, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, let's not, because that would not be fun. <laughs> I still I still deal with people um, almost at least once a week um, where they don't mention net neutrality specifically, but just the way they talk about the Internet, you can tell that that bringing up the the concept of net neutrality to them would incite an argument against net neutrality and you know our day job i don't want to argue with people because we're supposed to represent a company um in the best light possible but man people are so ill-informed and it's so mm. you know one of the biggest problems that i can see is a lot of these companies that are against net neutrality put a lot of propaganda out there for uh people and be like hey look how you know, terrible net neutrality is and look how it, it hurts us as a business and hurts you through that. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're causing us to raise our prices. Like that, that's, that's plain and simple. It's, it's net neutrality. And obviously none of that's true, but it puts it in people's heads because a lot of people don't do research. Let's be honest here. So they end up just seeing, you know, what they see on TV and they say, okay, well, that's the answer. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the YouTubers that I follow for kind of like daily news of news around the the um, the the YouTube sphere, if you will, but as well as news in general when it comes to uh, good stuff and bad stuff, like the unfortunate tragedy that happened in Texas. Our hearts go out to you guys, um, and also you know the stuff that's been going on in Hawaii with the volcanic eruptions. I honestly wouldn't have known about some of the stories without this particular uh, YouTuber. But one thing that he says at the end of each topic is, "That's my opinion. If you want to learn more, the links where we got our stuff are in the description down below." And I go to those links, and a lot of those links are i mean some of them are left-leaning well i'll be honest because he's a left-leaning kind of guy but there's also right-leaning kind of links as well too to kind of give you both sides of the coin 
And when it comes to net neutrality, you know, if you type in the word net neutrality, you're going to look for the sources that you that you can recognize, the sources that you are fans of. So if you're a fan of Fox and Friends or Sean Hannity uh, and something comes up with his name and net neutrality, you listen to what he says. He's obviously going to be against it. Hence, you're against it. But he's only going to tell you one side. So, I mean, just like anything like in a court of law or or uh, trying to come up with some sort of compromise, you need to be able to hear both sides, whether both sides has valid pros and valid cons. Because I'm sure there are some valid pros to get rid of net neutrality. I'm sure there might be. Um, I, for the life of me, can't think of it right now. Um, but there's been enough of uh, enough listed to that which, uh, you know, I guess people felt that it was strong enough uh, as representatives of you know state legislators and, and whatnot to uh, to vote against net neutrality. So. You know, can I can I just make a side note here? When I first heard the term Fox and Friends, I totally thought it was somebody making fun of Fox. Like I didn't think it was a real like news channel title. I honestly thought the same thing. I thought it was kind of a a meme or a what's it called? A parody of some sort of like cartoon. You know, like Garfield and Friends. Fox and Friends. Oh wait, this is a real show? Oh, my bad. <laughs> really, though, like, I thought someone was trying to say, like, uh, you know, makes, yeah, some sort of commentary on Fox or something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, 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 this is an actual channel with actual people. And it just, like, threw me off for a second. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it And it, it's weird because, you know, and I don't, I don't really understand the hierarchy of how Fox as a company works especially now that Disney owns a huge majority of Fox. Um, and that's why they can do the things that they do in the Marvel universe now. But, uh, you know, like Fo- like the news organization is going to stay separate. But like all the movies and I guess I guess like some of the TV shows are, are going to be. Well, I don't know, because like if you think of the the Sunday evening TV shows that you and I grew up through high school and college. That was The Simpsons. That was Family Guy, American Dad. I mean, these are very left-leaning kinds of TV shows. And they're all on the Fox network. And they all make fun of Fox in the show. And I don't quite... And I obviously, I haven't done enough research, and I guess I should. But I don't quite understand... um, is Fox okay with them being just put on the on 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 the chopping block because hey they're gonna make money either way, or is it kind of a subline subsidiary that is not connected with the new news organization? They just happen to have the same name. I I, I honestly don't know. I wonder if they kind of just look at it as like a joke, like no one, like they they tell themselves no one would take this actually seriously. Ha ha ha. I don't- I don't know, man. I I I just find it hard to believe that the people from at least the right-leaning side of Fox takes much of anything as as a joke. So, but again, that's my left-leaning brain talking. What do I know? Um, but yeah, I will do some research as to the hierarchy of of the uh, the monarchy that is Fox, and and try and figure out 
what is what and who is who. But yeah, net neutrality. It might come back, but it might not. We'll find out in the next coming months. I guess the important thing to note is that it's not dead. Now I know what you consider to be the worst music album that you've owned. Uh, what about the worst movie that you've either owned or at least seen? What's the worst movie of all time in the world of Quentin McKinnon? Um, so I can get it for your birthday next year. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> uh It'd probably have to be Napoleon Dynamite. No. <gasps> I think we have to end this podcast. <laughs> you know, I've oh. I watched that movie one time years ago when it came out on DVD. Um, yeah. My family wanted to watch it. And um, one of my family members was like, oh, my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. You got to see this. And I got to say, I have no desire to ever in my life, see that movie again. I guess, I don't know, it is a very specific kind of, because it, it, it is, I would say it's the deadpan comedy, right? It's not like whiz-bang slap humor, it's not barf humor, it's not racial humor. It's just kind of situational, but it's very undertoned kind of situational comedy, where it's like, why is it funny that he likes tater tots? Like I don't, I don't get it. But I, I, I can, I can see both sides of the coin at least on that one because I felt that way. And then after watching it, I think a, a third time, I, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but I did. I was like, okay, I can see why this is why this is good. Yeah. Yeah. I see. No. No. It's it's not good. It's not good. It's. Well, no, it's not good. Now to 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 carry on with with that actor who plays Napoleon Dynamite, um, he went off and did a couple other movies, and one of the movies he did was with Will Ferrell, and that was Fire and Ice, the ice skating movie. Did you see that? And if you if you did, what do you think? I did not. <gasps> okay, you have to see that one. <laughs> Trust me, I have enough movies I need to see. <laughs> okay, well, add it to the top of the list. Like, like if you have a Netflix queue like we did back in the DVD days, put in the Netflix queue and then run it to the top from from uh, the from the last page. Does Netflix and even then... do DVDs anymore? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. They they totally do. Yeah. Um, what was I watching? I was watching. Oh, I was watching The Office uh, with my wife. And in one of the episodes, they're talking about um, how the Netflix DVD queue works. And uh, it made me look at my wife and I was like, what year was this episode made? He's like, oh, wow, it's 2008. Yeah, I guess we I guess we didn't have streaming yet. Like we all in 2008, we still all had, you know, regular, uh, you know, uh, like DVDs and other means to be able to watch those DVDs. It was about 2010 when things started to go streaming, I think. Especially with the iPad coming out. Whew, holy, holy. Do you think that caused a lot of streaming? I don't know. I'm just saying in my mind, at least for me, anecdotally speaking, that's what that's what made me move over to streaming. The idea that I could be anywhere with a large enough screen that I didn't have a huge 
chunk of a keyboard sticking into my belly while trying to watch something, uh, like even in the front seat of my car, that was an amazing thing. And that at, at the time was the iPad. So let's do a follow-up question then. What is the first movie you either streamed or like digitally watched? Star Wars. Yeah. There, there's no question. Like, like that was the one that I had to because um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and he swore to me that he had the original 1977 digital copy of Star Wars. And I told him it's very unlikely, especially if you got it legally because yada, yada, yada. And lo and behold, who was right? I was. He was wrong. So um, Star Wars was was the uh, at least the first one that I had to watch out of necessity to thwart my adversaries. <laughs> when your adversary is your friend. But what about you? What was the uh, what was the first digital movie that you ever watched? We rented we well we digitally rented uh the breakfast club nice all right john waters i think that was my first viewing of the breakfast club as well okay good okay you know what you 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 gain back one point <laughs> one point you gain back one point and lo- you lost like you lost like 5 <laughs> In the in the time frame of like thirty minutes, but you gain back one, so you know keep it up. Hooray. Keep it up. But that one is my <laughs> one. I love that movie, dude. Uh man, there's so many movies I want my son to watch, but then I realized that, like, the Breakfast, you know, like the Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, um, uh, Better Off Dead. I mean, these '80s movies. They, we could relate to them a little bit better. And I feel like when we as parents, and I know you don't really have this at necessarily speaking because you're not a parent yet, but we as parents, we, we push like the old, older nostalgia thing because we want them to be into the things that we were into. But I don't know. That's, that's why I, I, I cringe when I see, like, a, a 10-year-old girl uh, have uh, that has, like, a Pink Floyd shirt on. Like, you don't know who Pink Floyd is. <laughs> you... you just think that's a rainbow. <laughs> I hate those shirts. <laughs> but you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they actually have listened to a ton of Pink yeah. Floyd and they're a huge no, fan. No, you're right. You're right. You, 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 you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Uh, no, to be honest, though, you're probably right in the first place. You're probably right that they have <laughs> never listened to a single song of Pink Floyd in their life. And if they have, they've listened to just like one of the, you know, the one hit wonder song. Not necessarily that Pink Floyd is a one hit wonder band, but. No, I I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like that one song that's on the soundtrack of this one movie. Exactly. And they're such a huge fan of that song. Hence, they go out and buy the shirt. Yeah. No, um, I won't say who, uh, but um, there's a a person who had uh, purchased a hoodie of the Misfits, uh, the Misfits, the that punk rock band. Misfits, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, they they usually has uh, face makeup. They're not Kiss, but they have uh, makeup that makes uh, the make, uh, they look like uh, skulls. Um, anyways, uh, I mentioned to him like, "Hey, dude, I, I freaking love the Misfits." I was like, and he said, "Oh, are they a band?" 
Yes. Oh, okay. No, I just thought it was cool because they have skulls on. I'm like, oh my god, no, no, don't be like that. Don't don't go advertising something <laughs> if you don't know what you're advertising. For all you know, that could have been uh, Al Qaeda. You don't know. <laughs> no, it is god true. Like a lot it. of people, like you don't, you never know what you're actually like. You should know, like you know that kind of thing. Yeah. No. Totally. Anyway. Before we move on, I just want to correct myself. Uh, when you mentioned the breakfast uh, Breakfast Club, and I said, "Oh yeah, I love John Waters," I meant to say John Hughes. So, I don't want to get any twitters or emails saying you don't know your directors. I do, just the wrong last name. My bad. I'm pretty sure they're not called twitters. Uh, what the little flying things with the bluebird? I don't want any bluebirds. How about redbirds? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not a fan of Cardinals because, you know, they're a baseball team that I'm not a fan of. All right. Well, then I'm super curious now. What is your worst movie? So I want to preface this by saying I'm a huge fan of his work as as Garth in Wayne's World. And the the time that he was a cast member on SNL. Dana Carvey is is brilliant. And when I heard that there was this new movie coming out back in 2002 where he plays this master of disguise and there was that that trailer where you saw him go turtle turtle I just laughed my ass off cuz I <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, from okay. yeah, the mask or whatever. The master of yeah. disguise. No. Yeah. Um, the movie, the master of disguise came out. Oh, two. I bought it on DVD at a used DVD, uh, place in San Francisco in about Oh five. Um, cause I hadn't watched it and around Oh five, Oh, Oh, Oh six. I was getting into illegally downloading stuff. I'll, I'll be honest. But that was one that I, I, for whatever reason, did not come across my radar of movies to, to download. So when I came across it at, at the bargain bin at this used DVD place, uh, it was only like $2 or something. I'm like, yeah, of course. I've been wanting to see this movie. And it was the worst $2 in, of movies that I had ever spent. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like one, one terrible pun joke after the other. It is just... You know, it's just you can tell that they're just trying to be funny for the purpose of being mm-hmm. funny, you know, and oh, I, I think you and I've had a conversation about about that kind of humor. And that's when I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me think about it again. No, still. <laughs> no. Yep. Still no. Still no. Let me put you this way. I would watch the Avatar, the last airbender uh, live action movie three times over watching the Master of Disguise. Oh, that movie was rough. Like, right. I think the thing that finally like like, pushed me over because I had seen just a tiny bit of the anime um, when like my cousins would be like, hey, watch, watch this, watch this. And it was decent. Like, it wasn't bad. And then the movie, I was like, man, this is bad. And then the water scene where he's like controlling the water came on and the water was just so 
bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, M. Night Shamalama Ding Dong. Uh, you screwed it up. Screwed it up. So I, I know I don't buy a lot of, like, accessories for the Xbox. You know, if, if we're being honest, uh, our, our day job is very, very generous, and they, they offer us a lot of things to use for our job. But the Duke controller that, that came out from Hyperkin when they announced that last year at E3, I was super excited about that. And I, I figured that, that our, our job wouldn't buy, buy it for us, so I went out and got it. Um, at least here in the United States, it's it's exclusive to to GameStop, and it was the one uh, large purchase that I ha- that I had in May. How much was that and thing? And seventy bucks for a controller. Now, considering the Elite controller is one fifty, but you can do so many things. Um, and some of the other Xbox official Xbox uh, Microsoft Xbox controllers are also seventy dollars, but they come with like grips, or they come in different colors. Or for an extra ten or twenty dollars, you can get a custom one from, from from the design lab. That's all gravy. But but the, the Duke controller is really just meant for people that want to have that nostalgic kind of feeling while playing modern games. Or I guess if you want to play original Xbox games, if you if you uh, re-download them or if you have the discs still um, on on the Xbox One. But uh, I my my full reviews on my, on my YouTube channel Lazy Tech TV. But I'll, I'll just say this here: it's super cheap. <laughs> I mean, for seventy dollars, dude. I, I I would I would expect the the makeup, the 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 physical like robustness of, of the controller would be a little bit better. And and it's it's just not. That's that's one of the big like down points that I have for it. Is it like? I know it's cheaply made, you said, but is it like the same make that the original was made with? I and this is what I said in the video. I I really feel like the original Duke was better made. I feel like the the the, the kind of plastic that they put was more durable than what Hyperkin used for this one. So, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, Hyperkin makes other accessories for not just Xbox, but you know PlayStation and Switch and Switch and whatnot. And their their product line is similar to to Power A and some of the other third party accessory companies. They do the job. They're not super expensive, and the plastic is I wouldn't say subpar, but it's about par. You know, okay. you kind of get what you get what you're paying for. You get a controller for 30 bucks. You break it. It's only 30 bucks. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. That same plastic that they do in the $30 controller is in the $70 controller. Ooh. And that's where I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so for the extra $40 that I'm paying, I'm paying for a, the nostalgia factor and B, an LCD screen that shows off the original Xbox boot up, uh, boot up image. Which we can admit That's is really it. cool, but right. So, is it worth the seventy? I, I mean, not for a regular person. No, I mean, if you're a huge Xbox fan, yeah. What are you waiting for? Go get it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take the uh, the plastic out of account. Like for a display, for you know, a collector or something. How does it look? Oh, beautiful. It's it's really it's a little bit of a fingerprint magnet because it is matte black. So I I would recommend 
you know, uh, obviously cleaning it before you put it on display. I guess that goes without saying. But um, there's no stand that I can find that is universal enough to to display it. And I was looking on Amazon and eBay to see if anyone had any kind of display stands for the original Duke, because maybe that would fit it. And I have yet to find one. There were some like third party, almost fourth party stands from random no name companies that said, yeah, this is a universal stand that will fit any controller. I was like, I don't think you know how controllers work. (laughs) (laughs) So, so no, (laughs) it's close, but no, no cigar. Yeah. (laughs) And for $15, I'm like, "Uh, I could, you know, it's only $15, but it's, it just seems like super not worth it. And for me, what I use are the control, the controller gear stands that just say the Xbox that have the Xbox One logo on the front of it. They're like, they're like twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. They're not that expensive at all. Um, I also I know that they also have the stands that are battery chargers as well for fifty dollars that have the matching colors of like the Sea of Thieves controller or the Recon Tech controller and stuff like that. Right. I don't. I don't I don't buy those. Oh, they're expensive too. Fifty dollars for a matching? I just it's not worth it. Is it, it really fifty? It's fifty. Or at least the one for the Sea of Thieves controller, it's fifty bucks. Like it's the exact uh, color scheme as the Sea of Thieves controller, which is nice. Granted, thank you. Yeah, but oof. But oof. Yeah. You know, I had one other thing to say. Speaking of like reviews, um, mm. State of Decay 2 came out, well, the Ultimate Edition came out Friday, but the other one comes out on Tuesday. Uh, so, today, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, 22nd of May, 2018. There you go. Yeah, in the future, from us, which is in the past for you. Or in the past for... Uh, okay, go. You were saying? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I, I went into it and I'd seen a couple of reviews because you know how like reviewers get to release their review like a day before the game releases sure. or whatever. Yeah. I don't right. know the ins and outs of that exactly. But anyway, um, so looking at the reviews, everyone was just ripping it to shreds and just saying like, this is a void, a void, a void. And um, you, I try to think of like, okay, make my own opinion. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just play it anyway. And got the game. I've been thoroughly enjoying it, and, like, for what is a $30 game, like, that is a perfect price point for the game. It is definitely worth 30 bucks, and I don't get Seriously. where people are coming from about this, like, it's terrible, blah, 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 blah. Like, I've had a couple glitches, but nothing to the point of, like, I've got to stop playing this game, this is so bad. I'm actually quite surprised compared to Sea of Thieves, which has no storyline, I mean, granted, there's a lot of, like, you know, uh, animation and development and definitely server-bound stuff that is in the back end that I have no idea or understand the upkeep of it. But that's $60. And this is only 30 unless you have Game Pass. And it's, I, I think, like, the animation is, is, is amazing. The, uh, the AI for the, for the Zs, the Zs, the Zombies... Are, are pretty awesome. Uh, it's it's just for me, this kind of game, and I don't know if Far Cry is the same way, but the, this kind of game where you have to pay attention to, like, 
stamina, but also your health, which is separate from stamina, and then also pay attention to your your backpack. Then I have to find a bigger backpack, which, by the way, I don't know where to find a bigger backpack. Well, you got the and ultimate edition, right? Car. Okay, yeah. I'll talk. Uh, I'll tell you some tricks when we're off air. Okay, but um, I uh, to go back to your your initial point of, of kind of skimming through reviews of uh, of the game before before we actually got our hands on it. There was one reviewer. That I, I actually didn't read the article. If I'm being totally honest, but the headline was multiplayers are going to hate this game. Why? Is it because when you multiplayer with somebody, it doesn't help your community? It only helps their community? You know, I when I first heard about that, because um, Far Cry did the same thing, and I thoroughly mm-hmm. disagreed with it on Far Cry. I thought that was a stupid uh, decision for Far Cry. Um, in this game, though, it makes sense. Like, it doesn't make sense really? for you. Your, like, well, think about it. Like, you have your town. You have your things that you're trying to develop or whatever. Um, but you right. go over to your friend's game and somehow your development is there and needs help. Like, it, it would be just too strenuous to try to, you know, keep track of everything that you need to do with your team and their team. So how does it work? Would you would you have to, with your team, with your clan, you, you guys... Uh, would you have to say, okay, on Monday we go to Trons, on Tuesday we go to Fires? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to say names. On Monday we go to Zach's house. On that's a real name. On Monday, <laughs> on Monday we go to that guy's house. On Tuesday we go to that girl's house. On on, on or or uh, on Wednesday we go to their community. Just whoever is that? How you would have to split it just up? Just like whoever needs help the most. Okay. Um, because because I feel like that's that you know to a certain degree some people could definitely game the system. You know, unfortunately, and just be like, oh, uh, I know we went to my community yesterday, but can we go back today? Because I, I really need to level up, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, fine. Like, I, I feel like I would be that guy that no one ever helps their community out because I'm just that guy. I, I, I've always been that guy when it, when it comes to, like, um, I wouldn't say team building aspects of, like, video games, but just just in general. Like I'm always I, I like I, I'm always the last person to get the benefit mm-hmm. and by that time people are like already burnt down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It because you still get rewards for helping someone. Like there's still things you can loot, items you get. Um like Oh, so those do carry over. Yeah. Then those are specific okay. to you. So there's there's lootable items during like you you go in a house and it has like things that you can open and scavenge, right? But during that, when you're doing multiplayer, there's uh, color-coded items that you can loot. And those those ones that are color-coded for you are you specifically. Oh. So do I see your items that are color-coded for you or only you see I them? S- you see them, but you can't interact with them. They are mine. Ah, uh, okay. All right. And what about... <laughs> this goes... For those who don't know, I only played one day of this game and I got frustrated. So that's why I have so many questions. Well, also you had a busy um, day, so that yeah. too. Uh, and then uh, if I were to earn achievements on your server or in your community, I would obviously be able to keep those achievements as well. Well, so yeah, you right? can't take back an achievement. 
I guess the only time that ever happened was in 360 trial versions of games. It'd be like, you earned an achievement. If you want to keep the achievement, buy the game. Buy the game. Yay. Like, um, okay. Last, last stupid question. Cause I'm, I'm filled with them, but I'll only last one, ask one more. Um, and that has to do with the looting that you had, you had talked about. What if my bag is full, my bag of holding my backpack, um, can I put it in a safe, uh, put the loot in a safe place and then go get more? And then I'm able to bring back all of that stuff or only what's in my backpack. Yeah. So there's in, in the game, there's two kinds of places to drop off your loot. There is a, um, what do they call it? It's basically you have your inventory and then you have your supplies and supplies are, you know, the, the resources that your town uses if you drop off a bag of supplies, it goes to the host. If you drop off a uh, inventory items, consumables, meds, that kind of thing, it goes to you. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It yeah. does. No, it the the game like at first when they when they first said it has tethering and it has you know. Uh, only one person actually makes campaign progress. At first, I I will admit I was like, ooh, I don't know. But after playing it, like, perfectly fine. That is that that fits the game. Yeah, that's good. Well, I guess I'll have to give it a second shot. But I know I promised you Destiny Two tomorrow, so <laughs> maybe the second no, it, shot shot it's will just, be Wednesday. I don't know. It it just irritates me the way like interviews just write off games and. Like well, I, I was talking to um, a bunch of GameStop employees on the weekend and asking them, you know, what their thoughts on the game were. And they're like, well, I know I've seen a lot of bad reviews. And I was like, yeah, I've been, you know, having a blast on the game. And they're like, well, you know what, uh, like what they say about reviews, right? And I was like, what is that? And they say, don't read them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, the unfortunate reality of, I would say, any industry, right? Reviews on on movies, reviews on music, and in this case, reviews on video games. It's, 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 yeah. It, it's just the unfortunate thing that no, no matter who you go to, if you always go to IGN or you always go to GameSpot, you're gonna get that one reviewer that, as much as they try to not be biased, they're gonna be biased. Or you get the reviewer, like I've read on a certain website that doesn't care about their biasness and this just laughs it off. Well, and when you get to a certain level of, I wouldn't say, you know, popularity, but when you, when, when you get to that, that point where people continue to come back to your reviews and even if they're leaving trolley comments in the comment section, they're still reading your reviews, at least to a certain degree. And that gives you a little bit of leeway to be able to troll back and just be like, screw this company. I'm going to say whatever I want. <laughs> it's like, I know you guys were up at last minute to make, you know, PUBG the, as best as you could on, on console. But it looks like it's running at 15 frames per second, you pieces of crap. No one should play this game. Everyone should go to Fortnite. And that's, you know, and that's what happens. And then that's when you have, I don't want to say stupid people, but uh, uneducated people come into you and I 
in our respective stores saying Fortnite's so much better. Why? Oh, because so-and-so said so. Well, <laughs> that's a terrible reason. <laughs> Here's an idea. Make your own opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, funny story. I barely have ever played Fortnite. And, I've, you know, I hear all these things. So I, um, I, I, I played it the other night. And it's, I'm like, you know, this is very complicated. But PUBG was complicated for me as well, too. So maybe I'll get a hold of it. And I had fun. You know? You know, I like the save save the world mode on Fortnite. The one that actually involves, uh, like, you versus the AI and hordes yeah. of the AI. Mm-hmm. That is fun. I I enjoyed that a lot. Building a base and, you know, facing off against tons and tons of enemies. Like, that is a blast. And there's a new controller setup called Build, Builder Pro that really f- helps you, you, you know, focus the controller. Uh, it maps the buttons to focus purely on building uh, over, like, sniping or whatever like that. So... Um, that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I use. Um, cause I'm just, I'm just faster at building. And as you, as you well know, I'm, I'm just not <clears throat> good at aiming and firing on, on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, the whole Fortnite versus, uh, PUBG is just, it's just the battlefield versus call of duty. Call of duty. It's, it's an- re- Android versus it's, iOS and it's stupid. It's like there's benefits to both. They will appeal to different people. Move on. Battlefield five, huge announcement on the 23rd. I'm excited for that. I'm really hoping they do modern again. I don't think they're going to, but I'm really hoping. I hope they do. I think, you know, I, I think we got the, the old timey world war one, world war two stuff out of our system, you know, but uh, I don't know. Based off of the little clips that I've seen, I don't think I saw anything too modern. I didn't see any ARs or or whatever. But mm-hmm. and it wasn't like when I say clips, I mean like flashes. If, if right. You will, so. Well, speaking of like announcements and stuff, obviously we're getting really close to E3, which is when all the games for the rest of the year get announced and everything. Woo! Um, yeah, <laughs> no joke. Uh, Anything you're particularly excited for? Anything that you're hoping gets announced? What's on your E3 wish list, Tony? You know, I I don't follow video games as closely as you do, so I'm usually usually the I'm not the last person to know, but I'm probably the third person to know. So um, I was talking with some uh, GameStop employees about their wish lists, and the one that keeps coming up is. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, because they yeah 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 because it yeah. got pushed back what four times? Now? Oh God, <laughs> holy Jesus! Yeah, um, I don't play Kingdom Hearts. I don't know the concept of it. I know it's, I know it's like Disney and and anime molded together and created a video game, and that's all. Yeah, I never expected. Never that, expected that to ever happen. Right, and I think that's great that it happened. That it happened at all. But I just, I'm just not into that kind of video game. But anytime that someone mentions that, I, I look at their their eyes and they get so flustered about the potential upcoming announcement because apparently Ubisoft did say that they're going to announce a launch date. So, um, so there, there's there's that one definitely. Uh, I'll be honest with you, dude. At least, at least for our, the the things that benefit our world, the one thing that I'm hoping for, um, because we had our huge hardware announcement last year 
and I guess another hardware announcement the year before. Um, the one thing I'm, I'm kind of hoping for, because it got pushed last year, is the official announcement for something to do with VR and Xbox. And I, I only say this, and I know it's going to be a us two kind of uh, announcement, because, you know, Sony does it. Um, but I, I think to a certain degree, from from a view of Microsoft supporting VR and only doing that on Windows is at least a little bit short-sighted because as mm. much as it, it is much better, there's no question, but we are talking about computers that are, you know, $2,000 or even computers that are $800. But the headsets are also, you know, 150 to to $600. So if we could come out with some sort of solution that would either allow those same headsets to be used on Xbox or have some sort of Xbox branded version of it at a much lower cost to compete against Sony. I know it's a stupid reason, but I just want people to shut up and be able to say, we have a solution. Are you happy now? So that that's like my Valhalla solution, and I guess the last thing that I would say that I'm that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing is the next Gears of War, because although I'm I'm not a big fan of Gears, um, I did really enjoy, and I know a lot of people didn't like the Coalition, but I I did like what the Coalition put out with Gears Four. You know, I still need to finish that. Um... Well, so do I. But the <laughs> the levels that I did play uh, PVE. They're uh, they're really fun. Yes. They're really fun. I played the horde mode and that oh so it's so fun. good. And it has Dolby Atmos support. Oh it's so challenging. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there was that rumor that Walmart Canada put out that not rumor, but that, that leak that Walmart of Canada <laughs> accidentally put out all of the games that are coming out. So apparently yeah, Forza even, Forza like, Horizon five is coming out. They're skipping four. <laughs> Yeah. Who needs four? Nobody needs four. You know, to be honest, though, like I'm, I am super excited for Forza Horizon. Obviously, it sh- we should be getting one this year. Um, I am curious, though. Uh, like, do how, it in Japan. Well, well, Japan, great and all, but like, I don't know how they're going to top uh, Hot Wheels. Honestly and truly, Hot Wheels was the best. Like, I'm not much of a, a racing fan. Yeah. Uh, like I can appreciate the games. Um, I'll play them, but it's not like my go-to. It's not the thing that I'm going to be like, Oh, you know what? I want to play today. Um, but wow. Like that was so much fun. No, I agree. The hot wheels, uh, DLC for, for FH three was, was, uh, definitely one of the best tracks of any racing game. Cause it, it molded that arcadey style kind of racing with the child in my heart of playing with my Hot Wheels when I was a kid. So, yeah, it was just it was just flat out fun. Like it was, even if you were losing, you were just laughing and having fun. Um, I remember before that, I think it was before it came out. Uh, Grand Theft Auto did like a Hot Wheels esque tracks. Of I've just seen those. crazy, just craziness, right? Yeah, and yeah. Once again, they're just 
a blast. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing to them. Like they're just they're just really fun. And even when you're losing, you're still laughing and having fun because oh haha, I launched my car off the you know the track, but I launched off at 300 miles an hour doing cartwheels. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> I think you you mentioned something right there that that Forza doesn't have, and I don't know if they're ever going to add it. But Forza Horizon, the Forza Horizon series would make sense because it's not supposed to be taken seriously, which is being able to create your own track. So if we carried on with the Hot Wheels theme uh, in this new version of Forza, if we do this, um, if they were to say, and now you can build your own track, kind of a la what, what you did with Grand Theft Auto online, that would be cool to be able to build your own track and then share it with your friends and then see who can get the best time. I mean, just like you do on Grand Theft Auto, it's the same concept. And I don't know how you go about doing it. I know building tracks in other games on the Xbox or any console is just arduous and time consuming. And it's just, you know, it's not really fun, but at least because, you know, if you get the digital copy, if you have a powerful enough computer to be able to build the track on your computer and then play it on your Xbox, Dude, be, I, I'm down. <laughs> That's the game I want to play. Well, what, what was it? Test Ride? I think it came out a few years ago and had you had the ability of uh, making tracks. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that was pretty fun. Like that was, uh, if I remember correctly from what little I played of it, it was fairly easy to create the tracks. You didn't have to do anything too intense. Yeah, but Test Ride didn't have, you know, the... Uh... What's it called? It, it it didn't really have the the um, the public pool like Forza does. You know what I mean? So it, it's not mm-hmm. gonna it's it's not gonna uh, capture the hearts and minds and and uh, of of gamers to 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 play with tracks and to to evolve in that. So if if they were to take that idea from Test Ride, you know, GT and and all the other track making games that we've had, even even from like the 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 late eighties. On PC, uh, I forget what game it was, but when I used to go to my friend's uh, house in Belgium, uh, there were th- there are three other reasons to hang out at his house. His dog was awesome. Um, his his mom made awesome sandwiches, and he had computer video games before I even did. And one of them was a race car game, and in the game you could build your own track, and we would spend hours making your own tracks with loop-de-loops and everything. And that's that's what I want to be able to do. What they just need to do is just bring over uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Make a full port for it. I thought they did. Oh, uh, well. Well, yes and no. You know, it's 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 not a full port. But it's 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 designed for the uh, for the Xbox, so it's you know they they don't have everything, obviously. But with that being said, um, th- those are the games and things that I want. What about you? What are you most looking forward to? E three twenty eighteen. I so if I could get one thing, uh, Titanfall three, that'd be pretty easy. Uh, for people who have listened to this, everyone should know at this point that I am a huge fan of that series. Um, 
I would really love to see another one. Um, I think EA did them a huge injustice by their release date and launching smack dab between uh, Battlefield 1 and the Call of Duty of that year. Ooh, new Elite Controller. Would love uh, an Elite Controller using a Gen 3 body, because as it stands, it uses the Gen 2 body. Right, right. um, And doesn't have Bluetooth support with that. Yeah, I think that there could be some improvements made to the controller. The controller's already, like, amazing, um, and I personally think everyone should have one that, you know, seriously plays games. Right. But it also could be a little better. Like, it could it could have that Bluetooth support, the extended range, all that fun stuff that the uh, the newer one has, the newer Gen 3 bodies have. Yeah, the extended range is a huge thing for me because sometimes when I'm playing with you and your team, um, I need to get up and go to the other room to, you know, get some more water or talk to my kids. And I have my headphones on. I've got my controller in hand. And I take one more extra step, and then you guys start to fizzle out, and my controller gets disconnected from the Xbox. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, it's not what I wanted at all. No, wait. (laughs) What else? Uh, I'd probably also, you know, same as you, like the Gears of War, uh, probably another Halo. Um, Is there any non-Xbox-focused stuff that you might be interested in seeing come to fruition? uh, I'd like to see some more, like, heads. I I know this is more like a CES kind of thing, but I'd love to see more uh, VR sets that are ease of use uh, for I don't know who who doesn't know this, but uh, VR isn't super easy. That's one thing that I always bring up with people uh, that are like, I want to do VR. Um, are you sure? <laughs> like, it's not easy at all. No, it's, no, I agree. It's, uh, in fact, actually a huge process. I'd love to see the makers move to a more simplistic system. Cause I, you know, there's those cheaper headsets that just use the single cable connection and they're like actually really nice. And those are the cheap headsets, right? So I could imagine like the nicer headsets using that one cable connection could do so much more with it. Yeah. I mean, that's a couple of things. Like if they can get these headsets to all standardize and use USB type C, connections that would have for faster bit rate connection uh, connectivity um you know th- things of that nature then you would have to get the computers themselves to support usb type c which would force a lot of people to have to upgrade something in their board to be usb type c it- it's all these things down the line that in the end like five five ten years from now it's just going to be a standard. It's there's all all these growing pains. We're we're involved with all the growing pains because you and I both see the benefits, the pros and the cons, the disadvantages and the advantages of all these new things. And you mentioned that there's headsets that use that one cable. That that setup is using the Windows Mixed Reality platform. The problem is. You know, well, until recently, there were like very few AAA games or f- popular games that are using the Windows Mixed Reality platform. Uh, now you can do Steam VR through it, so it's making it a little bit more um, accessible, if you will. 
but it's just, you know, these headsets that are coming out, if they're going to be more ergonomic, they're going to be cheaper, they're going to be um, better screens at lower prices, that's all well and good. But, you know, I, I still think that there's something in VR that we're missing that is that is not getting to the hearts and minds of everybody. Well, that's the thing is there's not enough games that are to that will uh, keep you enthralled for hours. Like I can sit there and play a game for four hours and enjoy myself thoroughly on, you know, PUBG or any one of these like story mode games that I love to play. Um, But VR doesn't have that right now. Like you could, you say, Oh, well there's, there's Skyrim for VR. You know, people love to play Skyrim for hours and hours, but we've had Skyrim. Skyrim came out in 2011 folks like move on. Like yeah, I, I know, I know it's a fun game, it. but there's yeah, a but lot still, of people like, that you still can't, play you it. You can't say that it's it's gonna you know enthrall people and keep them hooked when they've played it for forever. Like where's the where's the VR specific game that is um, amazingly fun and really really good? Like that, okay, it what, doesn't exist. What if for argument's sake, what if they did VR for GTA Five? I mean, that's something I'd really like, but once again, I'm looking for VR specific. Hmm. Like I'm well, looking for something that is made for VR that came out for VR, but is just really, really good. And I haven't I, seen that yet. Well, I think what we're all kind of hoping for is essentially what ready player one got into a lot of our heads, which is not just a VR game, but a VR world. And within that go. world, you could do other things. You could have a multiplayer land where you just you just you know it's PVE. You could have a you could have another world where it's retro games. You could have another world where it's just you're all hanging out at a club, you know, like Second Life. I mean, I I I think that for whatever reason we we cling to this idea that VR is going to that is going to separate. Um, it's going to allow us to separate from having to do anything physically and we can do everything virtually. I can go to meetings while still being in bed, but I'm still active and doing things that need to be done. I don't, you know, I don't have to stay in my pajamas and whatnot. And I think people want to have that, that possibility in, in the real world. The problem is, is just purely technological. We're, we're technologically speaking, at least publicly, not there yet and uh and for me personally i don't think vr is the answer i think ar is is kind of the answer where you can augment your actual reality with vr implementations of i have a pet dinosaur sitting next to me and not only can i see it you can see it i like that idea I do too, but again, it's you would have to either implant something into the eye, contacts, contacts aren't there just yet, you know, you know power management, health risks, all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> um, well, we'll see one day. We'll see one day, but not at this E3. At this E3, hopefully, we'll get at least half of what we, you and I, have both said. But we will find out what in like three weeks now. One, two, three, yeah. Three, uh, almost three, uh, three, four weeks, four weeks. So, but we have a few more episodes until then. So until next week, hold on, Tony, this is future Tony talking. Um, just want to state 
real quick. Um, all of the opinions and everything that Quentin and I, Tony, said regarding anything coming out for Xbox, for Microsoft, was both purely speculative and as well just our opinion and has no bearing on, on the company we work for. So that's all. Thank you, guys. And back to, back to the episode. Quentin, thank you so much. This, as always, was a ton of fun. How can people find you online? On Twitter and Xbox at Firewall. As for me, you can find me on Twitter, Lazy Tech Tony, and all my other links, YouTubes and whatnot, can be found in the podcast description. Make sure you follow both of us on Twitter at Still Recording and share and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please. Really, really appreciate it. See you in the next one, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.